the TJU presents a flawless production of Part 8. In this part, I'll be playing narrator Sonia. Oh, narrator Sonia Liu Kang. Goro! <laughs> and I'll be playing Johnny Cage, Shang Tsung, Raiden. Almost said sanctuary. In the st- statuary garden, the mute monk stands between the two fighters. The red sun is low in the sky behind Johnny. Goro holds up one huge hand to shield his large eyes. Johnny removes his own dark sunglasses and offers them. Want to borrow these? Goro takes the glasses and crushes them. I'm going to enjoy dismembering you. The monk lowers his arms and quickly moves out of the way. The match has begun. Johnny <laughs> takes the two long objects from behind Kung Lao's statue. Oh, look at yeah. A pair of sectional staffs attached by a chain link. Oh, I'll use those. He whirls them impressively. Now we both have four arms and a long reach. As if to prove the point, when Goro reaches in to grab Johnny, he gets his knuckles badly scraped by the whirling staffs. He pulls back with a grunt of pain, then charges Windmill's fist flailing. Is that his only attack? Johnny does several That's quick funny. backflips to avoid the onrush. He disappears behind a statue. It's the punch walk that he has in MKX. Oh, does he? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Uh, Lou and Sonia watch puzzled. What's he doing? Praying hide and seek. Resume fight. Goro, disoriented by the long shadows, loses sight of Johnny, who dodges behind another statue. Suddenly, one of the sectional staffs whistles through the air and wraps around Goro's knuckles. Johnny uses the staff to hold his wrists in a nutcracker-type grip. Johnny tightens the vice grip on the wrist, Breaking it, Goro yanks the sectional staff from Johnny's grasp. The crowd is startled by Goro's hellacious roar. Johnny, I looked away for a second and looked back, so I was trying to figure out the word. Johnny reappears atop the statue, then dives and rolls with Goro in hot pursuit. Goro holds his injured hand carefully away from Johnny, guarding it. Johnny makes his remaining sectional staff sing through the air, forcing Goro to respect the distance between them. The cheers from the crowd encourage Johnny. That was clever. As he speaks, Goro lunges in, nearly catching Johnny off guard. Johnny dives and wraps the sectional staff around Goro's ankle, yanks hard, crushing the ankle, and sending the monster sprawling face first into the ground. With one of his lo- with with one of his lower arms, Goro reaches down and wrenches the second sectional staff from his ankle, hurling it over the cliff. Oh no. Goro, seething with fury, rises and limps painfully towards the unarmed, his now unarmed opponent. Johnny moves in a crouch around the base of another statue. He doesn't see the long shadow of Goro appear behind him as the Shokan stealthily climbs up onto the statue. Oh, no way. Goro springs. Johnny barely evades the massive body. Enraged, Goro corners Johnny and a backhand fist sends him careening into a pedestal knocking the wind out of him. 
Johnny clutches his side in extreme pain and shuffles away from the slow-moving Goro who limps towards him with death in his eyes. Near the garden, near the garden, Raiden watches. <laughs> near the garden. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Because in my head, I saw Raiden, so I was starting to pronounce Raiden. Mm-hmm. Near the garden, Raiden watches with a with a his face a mask. Lou and Sonia fear the worst. Fight your own fight, Johnny. Don't fight him. What does that mean? In the garden, I'd be like, shut up. In the garden, Johnny takes another punch to the body, reels back, and Goro lands a blow that sends Johnny flying. He lies there, unconscious. Oh, no. Shang allows the gleaming... Shane allows... Shang allows the gleam of pleasure come into his face. Then the aurora... The aura... Then the aura (laughs) begins to glow around him. I'm getting cocky in my reading. The chorus of the damned rise... Raise their hellish <laughs> clamor. Around the garden, the crowd implores Johnny. Johnny, get up! Johnny! Johnny, please! Statuary garden near Cliff. Goro scoops up Johnny's inert form with his two good lower arms. Oh, okay, so he fucked up the upper arms. He raises his good upper fist to finish Johnny, but sees that won't be necessary. Goro knows what he must do now. He turns towards Shang. Shang and Goro. Ah, Shang's aura... I, I hate the way it is. Shang's aura is now very bright. The dissonant music of the enslaved souls reaching his all ears. Goro stands war-weary... Tongue-fisher. Before his master, not kneeling. Uh, a hint of defiance in his large black eyes. Shang, she, Shang sees... Another fucking tongue-fisher. His talon-like... Oh, another fucking claw hand. Reaches out. The aura around him is almost blinding. The dissident glamour of lost souls whirling invisible, invisibly within it caused Goro to turn his face away, squinting fearfully. Hey, here's my little break for the play. <clears throat> Where is my tribute? Okay, now your turn. <clears throat> Goro goes down on one knee, holding Johnny's inert form, and it's the same thing, offering him his one good hand, heartfelt to gesture of Shang's uh, visage shows his satisfaction. His hand reaches towards Johnny, who has seemed unconscious in Goro's grasp, but now suddenly comes to life as he is lifted to the show, lifted to the Shokan's eye level. In one incredibly rapid motion, Johnny comes to life and lands a powerful karate punch right between Goro's eyes. Aya! <laughs> My line. Staggered, Goro loosens up his grip on Johnny in pain and amazement, roaring until all statues tremble. Johnny grabs the long ponytail, loops it around Goro's thick neck, and swings himself onto Goro's back between the Shokan's massive shoulders. Using his own body weight and leverage to slowly strangle him, Goro's arm cannot reach back to snatch Johnny off. He grasps his tongue, lolling in his mouth, unable to breathe or speak. What's the matter? Having a bad hair day? Johnny increases his pressure on the stranglehold. Uh, Goro, t- I would sing stranglehold, but I don't know the lyrics to that song. I almost thought about singing it right now. Yeah, I, I immediately when I saw stranglehold, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, cat scratch fever. And I was like, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same singer, right? It's fucking, uh, what's his face? No, he, uh, no, he plays guitar. Ted Nugent plays guitar on that song. He doesn't sing it. It's stranglehold? Yeah. Oh, I thought he sang it. I thought it was his song. No. Yeah. 
I mean, it is like his song. He he hates that uh, song because oh. everyone likes the singer and he's not singing in it. So he's like, God damn it, that's my song. Gotcha. Well, it's a good fucking song. It is. Goro attempts to smash Johnny against a statue pedestal, then slumps to his knees. In a desperate move, he suddenly lunges backwards, trying to roll over and crush Johnny under him. But Johnny leaps off, and now his attack on Goro is merciless. Punch-kick combinations rain down on the huge head, preventing him from getting back on his feet. Goro wheezes, trying to catch his breath, flailing with all his good arms. As Johnny, trying to regain his footing with one broken ankle... Oh, he has a broken ankle? Uh, oh, no. Uh, good arms at Johnny while trying to regain his footing with one broken ankle. In, in a last lunge, he manages to pounce, nearly landing on Johnny, who sidesteps. Goro misses and rolls over the cliff! His upper hands manage to grab... Oh, they still found the way to do the cliffing. Manage to grab the edge of the rock, outcropping. But before he can hoist himself back up, Johnny does a flip and lands squarely on one of his hands with both heels crushing it. Goro bellows with pain as the crushed hand releases its grip. He now hangs suspended by his one good upper arm, avow the swinging clouds, obscuring the beach far below. The good lower hand cannot reach up to help him regain the cliff edge. His own massive weight is now working towards his doom. Johnny moves to the edge of the cliff and looks over. Below Goro, the clouds twist and whirl, seeming almost to reach up for him. A, sw a stiff wind tussles Johnny's hair. He doesn't gloat. In five centuries, you've seen everything except a good acting performance. Shang strides to the edge of the cliff, shocked and enraged. Finish him! Goro, Goro realizes what this means. For the first time, we see his eyes dilate with fear. No! So you can steal his soul? I've won. That's enough. Shang's face contorts with hatred. His soul now or yours later. He is face to face with Johnny, but Johnny's calm visage shows no sign of fear. Johnny takes the discarded sectional staff in both hands, braces himself, and dangles it to where Goro can grasp with his lower good hand. Go on, grab hold. So I can slink back into my cave and die in disgrace? I'm a Shokan warrior. We die in battle. Johnny understands. The wind blows the clouds around below Goro. Oh, blows the clouds around below Goro. It was my game, it was off. The wind blows the clouds around below. He still dangles over the chasm. You fought well. Goro grunts. How many times has he said this himself? He then lets go of the outcropping. His huge body spins down, down, and plunges into the swirling mass of clouds. Johnny approaches Raiden, who nods his approval. The wind is stiffening. Gray clouds begin to scud overhead. Raiden sees the abrupt change in the sky. Well done. Just then, there's a violent scream. Not of fear, but anger. No! Let me go! They turn to see Sonya and Shang. Sonya is suspended in midair by some invisible force that holds her as in a net. <gasps> Cyrax. 
I hereby exercise my right challenge. I challenge her. You're a coward, sorcerer. Stand and fight. Sonia and Shang. Sonia is spinning now, and an invisible cyclone kicks up dust and swirls it high into the air around her. Shang bows mockingly. The rules of the tournament are quite clear, Lord Raiden. Mortal Kombat continues. I'm simply changing the place. The whirlwind grows larger, encompassed Shang as well. Then, like a tornado, it whirls itself up to the low, flat ceiling of gray clouds. Sonya! But she is gone. He rushes to Raiden. Where is he taking her? To the Emperor's castle in the wastelands of Outworld, where I cannot follow. But I can. Hey, I'm going too. Raiden nods. He turns to the other humans, all present. We must hurry. To the boat. What the fuck? That never happened. Didn't. Uh, <laughs> Master Baracho, show them. Uh, storm clouds sweep low overhead, swallowing the junk as it rides at anchor with a long, with a last longboat full of human participants climbing aboard. Raiden stands on the beach with Lou and Johnny. I've got to take the others back, or they'll be trapped in Outworld. Cobalt mines of Shokan are a terrible place to die. I can only come for you after the final battle is won. Raiden, can Sonya beat Shang? No. She's a woman. There's got, there's got to be something. We can't just quit on her. There was one last rule. Shang neglected to mention it. What? She has to accept the challenge, or there can be no final combat. But you know her. She'll never back down. I've got to stop her. I can fight Shang. Tell me how to get to this outworld. You think you can beat Shang, but you can't even find him. Johnny Cage, you have played your part splendidly, but this battle you cannot win. Then who can? Raiden doesn't speak, but his eyes drift to Lou. Who understands? Johnny lets that sink in. I'm going with you. I hope you know how to get there. We're already there. Johnny frowns, perplexed. God damn. Stupid mind. I have nothing further to teach you, Liu Kang. You possess the knowledge to defeat Shang. All that is lacking now is the will. He puts a fatherly hand on Liu's shoulder. There is lightning. There is a lightning bolt, and Raiden vanishes. The clouds swoop low, enveloping Johnny and Liu in a heavy mist. The fog begins to blow away, revealing Outworld, the beach. Fuck yeah, it's like Silent Hill. Because <laughs> they didn't move. It just fucking... There's a siren, and then we are in Outworld. The gray beach stones are the same. All else has changed. The cliffs of the island and the stone stairway are gone. The slate beach gives way to a blasted forest of gnarled trees and ancient trees. In the distance, a strange mountain rises over a desolate wasteland, as if a tremendous inferno or lava flow has burned everything down to the bare gray rocks. So, where are we, O Chosen One? Where we've... Ah! Where we've always been. Outworld. The island was the last connection to home. The figment of a formidable imagination. Raiden's? 
all the emperors. It was created for the tournament. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> it sounds like a baby. <laughs> this is Outworld? I can see why they would want to change the scenery. They peer at the trees and the forbidding landscape towards the black tower in the distant mountain. It'll be dark soon. We head for that tower. You think it's the Emperor's castle? If you were a master of all you surveyed, where would you put your castle? Good point. They head up the beach inland. Uh, exterior, the what? It's so much blue. I know. <clears throat> the Black Tower, sundown. Brooding and ancient, it's hard to discern where the Black Mountain ends and the tower begins. A slate road winds down from the tower gates to a desolate plain below. To one side of the mountain, the brooding forest still grows almost to its base, the only living plant to be seen. Interior tower. Sonia sits in the thick-walled window opening, illuminated by the last light of day. She wears black chains, but is otherwise unharmed. The mute monk stands watching her. Sonia looks from the window to her chains, then at him. He stares at her blankly. What are, you, what are you looking at? You stitch-lipped son of a bitch. The monk remains... The monk remains impassive. Then slowly, his eyes turn to watch. Large oaken doors off the outer circular corridor leading to some inner sanctum. The door begins to open outward on their own. Inside is nothingness. A complete and utter darkness. The void. It is an absence of light. So complete and... Demarcated? Uh, Sure that Sonia doesn't see it until Shang Tsung steps back slowly from the chamber, bowing one part of his body in the light and the rest in absolute shadow. Finally, he backs from the darkness, or rather, it releases him. As if gra gratitude... Did somebody say shadow? As if, uh, can you imagine? As if in <laughs> gratitude, Shang goes to his knees, finally prostrates himself, only then do the door swing silently shut. The door swings silently shut. Sonia has felt the dark presence as well, and her mind is flooded with an unknown terror. But when the door is finally closed, she comes out of the spell to notice not only Shang, but the monk prostrate on the floor. I've seen ass kissing in my time, but you guys are world class. Shang shakily regains his feet and resumes his imperious demeanor. Your childish impermanence is beneath the Emperor's notice. In time, you will learn respect for him and all his works. Who's going to teach me? You? I'm a very persuasive teacher. So the boss man wasn't thrilled with the news, I guess. Did he chew you out, or is he the brooding silent type? Our great leader has no need for idle chatter. What he doesn't like, he destroys. Do you expect me to cry and beg for mercy now? No, my dear. I expect you to fight me and lose. What if I refuse? The mutants me. 
The mute monk shifts uncomfortably, giving an obscure hint to Sonia that she's onto something. Shang tries to mask his own discomfort at the thought. You? Back down from a challenge? When have you ever done that? It's simply not in your nature. What about Johnny Cage? He beat Goro, and he'll come for me. Like, I'll come for him. I hope he does. Fighting a big brute with pretensions of honor is one thing. Fighting me is something else again. I notice. If you want to spare him, you will fight me. Tomorrow, at dawn. And after I have entered the realm of Earth triumphantly with my benevolent master, I will raise you up, my consort and my queen. In which lifetime? Slave consort, if that's how you want it. I'll lay the realm of Earth at your feet, or enough of it to keep you occupied. We'll have fun. You're demented. Am I? He starts to leave her. Angry and desperate, she lashes out. And you're frightened! Frightened? Of whom? Shang turns and leaves. Outworld forest, exterior, moonrise. A moon five times larger than any moon ever seen in the realm of Earth, and five times as bright illuminates the desolate plains beyond the tree. Lou hides in the first line of a giant twisted tree peering out. Lou's POV, a road. The winding road is full of marching shokans. Oh, a bunch of other ones. Mere silhouettes in the moonlight, swinging one set of arms in a perfect unison, carrying heavy battled axes slung behind their backs, upper arms draped over them like woodsmen. The figures are distant, but frightening. Uh, Lou and Johnny, who lies nearby, peering out. Tell me these... Tell me there aren't actually a bunch of Goros out there? A patrol from the Shokan army. We can't use the road. We'll cut through the forest. You can hear them in their jeeps. They turn to inspect the towering trees. Mere silhouettes as well. In all the books, traveling through forests at night ranks up right there with caves. Or don't you read either? You have a better idea? I will. Eventually. Come on. Unsettled, peering suspiciously at the ominous ominous trees, Johnny follows after Lou. Penetrating deeper into the forest, there is a movement, a rustling. Johnny turns, looks, sees nothing, and hurries to catch up with Lou. End of part eight.